Behind the Goals podcast with myself, Rachel Corsi, and Leanne Crichton. Almost forgot what to say there. It's been so long. Um, we've had a little bit of a sabbatical, but here we are back in action with a little bit of a special, given the week we've had with the men's national team, and just to catch up on a few things that have been happening our end. Twinny, how are you? Unbelievable. <laughs> Love to hear that. Seriously, what a week to get us back up and running. Like, I'm actually buzzing. It's been, we're recording this on Sunday, so we get, right, the boys have lost the game today, which we'll probably not speak too much about. No. But I just think it's been such a tough year. Like, it's been unreal. Everybody was getting to that stage where they're, like, yeah. totally fatigued with everything that's been going on. Um, the boys have went and done the business through the week. The whole nation has got a lift. You click on social media this week, everybody's buzzing. People have got nice things to say. People are being kind. And on top of that, you got three points yesterday. Glasgow City got three points today. It's Love it. Honestly, we should just finish this episode now, actually, because it cannot get any better. How are you? I'm good. Equally as good. I think on Thursday night, I think I thought in my head I'd taken all five penalties because I couldn't sleep. I was lying there on my back just like wide awake and it was obviously midnight because we'd endured the whole extra time penalties, all the interviews. Yeah, Loved it. Just loved it. It's been so good. We can go into that a bit more shortly, but well, it's good. We've came, well, we've had a break, haven't we? We've had that a bit of a sabbatical, as you called it. Um, Scheduling-wise, we've been all over the shop, really. I know. You, you've been up to speed. Games are plenty, which is exactly what we want. My schedule has been off the chart with League Games, Champions League. We had that international uh, SWNT window as well in October, which feels like an eternity ago. I know it does. Um, yeah, and then I'm back into it this week, Champions League as well. But it's nice to finally get us back together. I know, we're here. And hopefully we'll have lots more to record in the coming weeks too. Well, the guest list is looking good. We had a wee chat about that earlier, didn't we? And oh, we we did. were rhyming off the names that have said they're going to come on. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it. I mean, it was easier during lockdown for us to get people together because, you know, the girls and the people that were trying to get on the show are yeah. well, a pretty big time. So we can... <laughs> <laughs> We can allow them to be a bit busy um, yeah. and coordinating diaries is a struggle. It is, but we'll manage. And this week it is Champions League again, is it not for you? So what, what day is that? Wednesday? It is, yep. Wednesday. So we played uh, today, we played Hibs in the league. That was good. 3-2 win. Then straight after the game we were COVID tested uh, at the stadium. We will hopefully get the results back for that tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Everybody gets the green light we will travel to Iceland on Tuesday um I think we get tested again when we arrive play Valour on Wednesday afternoon uh I thought it was a a home game how come it's not home because you're the higher seed uh I don't actually know if the seeding is a thing in this round because the last one like when we were at home to uh P-Mount what was that, two weeks ago? Yeah. We were, yeah, we were lucky we were at home tie. They kind of regionalised the draw in that one, so they had basically tried to change the tournament so that the teams were not travelling too far, yeah. um, just to kind of 
try and ensure that the tournament, you know, that there's no problems because there's so many travel corridors or so many countries now that have got bans and quarantine um, when you get home and stuff. So, no, it's perfect. We've, we've got that on Wednesday and it'll be a tough game. Valura are a really decent side, but it's another challenge for us and you know exactly what it's like, Champions League. You know, I, think I played the last time that Glasgow City had Valour. Yeah, I think, was it, they were saying, was it, was it nine years ago? Something? It would possibly. have been a good while ago. I remember yeah. I was doing my exams around then and I just remember I, I, myself, I had my books, all my folders, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Just how it used to be. But that's class. On that, will you be, will you be uh, taking a penalty again if it goes to a shootout? Because some standard yeah. you set for yourself. Listen, if I'm on the pitch, one of those ones, the bums are always away. Like, if you didn't see it, please go back and find the highlights because... Do you know what it was, right? I don't know if it, the people that, you know, if the listeners will have seen the game or not, but we were pretty honking that night, performance-wise. Credit to P-Mount, I actually thought they were really, really good in the sense that they reminded me of like a Glasgow City of old that went to so many games as underdog. Yeah. And literally what you've got is an incredible team spirit. You've got a group of players that know each other well. You've got that bit of experience where you have, you've got a couple of players that are internationals. You've got a couple of young ones that are just enthusiastic and keen and get raw talent. Um, they came, they just ruffled us up that night and we were, honestly. So see, when it got to penalties, I was genuinely thinking it cannot get any worse. Like this... This cannot get worse. So it, I just <laughs> it went up. like what I would have thought you would have been thinking. <laughs> but you know when you just need to rationalise it and think there was there was genuinely just the two thoughts in my head where I went this could this could actually put us out. But then I actually took the the best bit of it was we're still in it and we can still win this tie because yeah we could quite easily have been out within the ninety. Uh, anyway, whenever because we're Glasgow set and keep digging in, so that would be dishonourable of me to say that. Anyway, I got up there. Two girls scored the two penalties before me. Yeah. And then it's a weird environment. Not that we play like not that women's games in Scotland have usually get that amount of a crowd, but normally in Champions League you would have like a decent crowd. Yeah. So when I started walking up to take the penalty, I was like wow, this is a really lonely place to be right now. Because yeah. like, normally you would have people behind the goal or you would at least have a wee ripple in a crowd, like even, you know, like 50 yeah, Just like people. a clap or a few cheap, yeah. I, uh, and, uh, it kind of was just one of those ones, like, where I, I was walking and I thought, wow, like this, genuinely I felt so alone. Uh, but I, I just put the ball down I thought, I'd watched actually, James. I'd watched the sports scene uh, highlights. Uh, I think maybe the two nights before, and James Tavernier at Rangers. He's been hitting penalties for fun. I think he's maybe scored seven this season, and he went that same corner. And I just thought, lone heart keepers not get a chance. And you actually didn't. You swaggered your way back. Very cool and collected. Uh, Very proud. To be fair, I've no I've. I've probably scored like more penalties in a shootout maybe in the last couple of years I've, I've been part of a few but I've had bad memories like I remember missing a penalty in a Scotland v England 
uh, under 17s game, I think it was. Uh, and we missed our first three penalties, and that's one that always lives with me. Yeah. And then I missed a penalty when I was at Notts County against Arsenal. I think it was the quarterfinals, maybe uh, the FA Cup, possibly. And so there's a, I mean, it means it's your luck in the day. You could, ha- you know, it's like you could trundle a penalty and the goalkeeper goes the wrong way and it looks yeah. a good penalty, or you could not hit it any better. Uh, and again, aye. So anyway, we were lucky to get through. So we'll be, we'll be ready if it goes to full hog again on Wednesday because that's how it is now with the one-off games. I think it's better in a sense. I think because it, it allows you to just go and play. I always think when you've got two legs, because you're just like I can't, we can't be out of it. Yeah, it's almost like the first leg. No, it's not wasted because if you get a good result, it's great. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's can I over never over. It. It's never, or you never want it to be over. Yeah, I know. And it's one of them, I mean, you could travel, I guess, might be a bit different and feel a bit different for the game, but that's what it is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's another big game. This is what you want. I would rather we just play like Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday than like add in training like, sessions. Oh, but for me, that's how you get up. Like, you just feel so much better, though. Like, I know it's tough to recover and whatever else, but I just, ra- I would just rather be on the pitch playing games. Yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. That match fitness is a real thing, especially when it's hard games, do you know, good, you've had a good game this weekend, go into that game on Wednesday, and then you'll have a game next weekend, I presume, and then it'll be Scotland camp again, hopefully, for both of us. It's insane, actually, that that's another international oh, window coming around, yeah, see how that one uh, goes. What about the English league and stuff? How's that shaping up? What's the... Good. The vibe at Birmingham, good three points. We have top six. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, please. No <laughs> And the BBC, the FA player, the whole lot just can't f- allow themselves to give us a little bit of a highlight on anything. So that's even more enjoyable for me anyway. Quite, quite like that. <laughs> they just, they're not for it. So we're just plowing, plowing away ourselves. But no, no I think that. it's... You know, you've got the top, I would say you have the top four, I know everything about a good start as well, but I think you have the top four who who have a different budget and are ahead of the other clubs, I think, just in their infrastructure and what they can offer. And everyone else kind of takes points off everyone else, so you just have to yeah. win every game. And I think, I've kind of, I've enjoyed it because I think we do have quite a defensive, or we have had quite a defensive kind of approach, but for me as a defender, you know, I think, that kind of thing. Yes. So. Yeah. I know. I was going to say. I think you get more out of people at times when that's that's how it is. Like, mm-hmm. the the one thing you want in games is to be able to stay in them, and to do that you need to have that solid defensive structure, don't you? And I think once you get that, it also builds that team, like spirit as well. When everybody fights for one another, even if it is like what you had yesterday, that one nil win. Like yeah, that's class. Like that. That generally will feel better at times than a five 0 one because you've had probably moments like backs to the wall. You've had that period of pressure where you don't want to concede. Um, you come away feeling ten foot tall after a result like that. I know. I know. You play back. You don't play well, and you still win. I think that's. I know. Like I know. that. And I think everybody's struggling now because it has went from, like. That we've probably touched on it, but just that period of time with no games, and then everybody's now back in, and it's a hundred mile an hour. Yeah. And trying to get players to be fit and up to match sharpness and keep them fit, 
like the turnaround between midweek and weekend games and stuff, it's hard going. Then you've got the internationals and, and everything else. I know, and I think that probably showed for us too. You know, it'd been a long time since we'd been together. It's almost nice that there's another window now so soon. We obviously had that disappointing result, but yeah, it's still obviously within our control, which is fortunate. And it's not fortunate. It just is the nature of the fact we've not played that many games in our group yet compared to some of the other groups and other teams. Um, yeah. We just have to make sure that obviously we bring a little bit more quality this time around, but hopefully, you know, the girls can just kind of pick off where pick up where we left off rather and um, hopefully we can get some good results. Absolutely. Right, Thursday night, where were you? I was sat on my sofa. Were you there for the, did you catch the build up to the game? Oh, whole thing. Did you? Even actually got a pizza for dinner and just, it was a relatively healthy one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to just enjoy tonight because I just, even at the whole build-up, like, even the days running up to it, I was just, I know, I just enjoyed it. There was just something about it where even in the past, we've not even been at a point where we've had a chance, where all of a sudden you're like, there's one game, and you always know in any game, against anyone, yeah, especially with Scotland, against anyone, could I get a well. I know. And so I was just absolutely buzzing for it. So, yeah, caught the whole thing, watched all the build-up, um... And yeah, I don't. I didn't move from the sofa. Once. <laughs> Loved no, it. I was kind of the same though. I missed the build up because we had training. Oh. So I was like, oh, so hoped that we finished like a bit sharpish to get home. And I did like we or we had like bought healthy ish pizza too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And one skinny beer, uh, just just in case I was needing to celebrate later on, have a wee toast to the boys. Um, but I literally got home, showered sat down right bang on it was like 1944 I was like yes like so good I missed the anthem though which I was gutted at and I never wanted to pause it because I just thought do you know what was amazing with the anthem I thought was that I think all bar one sang mm-hmm. and I think that's quite rare because often you watch and yeah. you know they don't and it's, to- it's totally personal preference it doesn't really mean that much but there was just <laughs> something about watching it and just seeing them Singing, I was like, oh, emotional. This is just, yeah. You could just see that I just felt different from the start, I thought. And yeah. even how they played. I mean, the, oh, they were unreal. Yeah, I, I even feel I've watched the last few games, you know, and Steve Clark's been building on his 3 5 2 or 5 3 2, however people mm-hmm. want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like there's been a lot of criticism and people have been skeptical of certain people in certain places. But it totally came together on mm. Thursday night. And yeah. I think just the, the group they have, I think even like a lot of those boys, I think of, uh, there's a core of them that have, are obviously of a similar age group. I think they've played together, whether it be youth internationals, club football, like they've crossed paths a lot. And uh, you yeah. just feel like there's a, the unity within it. It's, it was so, it was great. Yeah, I know. I felt like that. Like I was on uh, Sports Sound on Wednesday night and again we kind of touched on it and I've spoken about it for you know like I've been on like had that media platform and been part of many discussions over the, the last couple of months and there's been a couple of times when I've actually been on I've, I've really had to tr- work hard at not convincing people because 
don't think you ever change somebody's opinion ultimately but a lot of people that have had those discussions were very pessimistic and get so caught up in results of performances not so much the results because they've obviously been good for the last um year under steve clark but just yeah. the performances and perhaps the stats and what the games looked like and the personnel and you know and then when you we lost christy armstrong and tierney at the last double header um or triple header people were just so doom and gloom and i was like that you need to i, I genuinely believed in them for the get-go i don't know what it was it probably like that what you're saying i could see in them what i could see in us as a team yeah and that doesn't matter at times if the performances are great but once you start to win games as a national team or as a club team as well but it feels very very different to a draw a defeat one win a draw a defeat a defeat like see once you get that momentum and you're not together that often like all you remember is winning and i could just see with the boys like there was just something about them um the work rate everything like just the emotion like the passion see people that doubt if like see anybody that doubts if a scottish person like wants to play for a team or what does it mean to them like i don't even think that's a question ever for a national team because genuinely like scottish people are so emotional and are so consumed by football and so consumed by that love do you know what i mean like do you get what i'm trying to say so there's never a doubt for me so in that moment where it's like a playoff like they're playing at top clubs they're the ones that people are speaking about like that serbia team would have quite easily went through about 10 players in that scotland team and went he's one for the watching yeah. he can cause his problems he's a danger like we've not always had that we've had good players in the team at times and we've had you know like near falls were the early game like years back or whatever just this group of players just felt a bit different and i think it's credit to them that they were able to execute it and hat off to steve clark as well because the doubters can doubt but he's, uh, he's delivered there was a little bit of a scare though when he made those subs and then they scored in that 89th minute and i think i actually ruined it for myself because my tv must have been slightly behind right and i've just opened up twitter as you do subconsciously <laughs> these days and all i've seen is the top like three comments back one after the other of not very nice language and based on who had made them i'm thinking oh no <laughs> i'll look up and it's a corner for serbia and i just turned and i went this is a goal <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. <laughs> I know because it, it was a strange feeling though watching it because, like the previous performances, they had probably like not dominated the ball and had yeah. kept clean sheets and had got the results. Like Ryan Fraser scores in the sixth minute yeah. against the, in Czech Republic, and then that's how the game finishes one 0 But right away for the offset, I think like even Serbia were shocked and they were like these boys are here to play like that they're pressing us like they're popping it just energy aggression i just thought this is like a different game and then when it went that long without them scoring i was and then when it happened i just thought oh no like this is so scottish like this is because then you're going like how do you i just was thinking to myself like oh like i kind of did still feel 
I just think it's our night. I, I just had that feeling in my head. But then I was thinking about our experiences as a team and I was yeah. going, how, how will you explain this? How will you rationalise this tomorrow if you've dominated a game this much? Yeah. And for whatever reason, like even if it stayed one each and we lost penalties, I thought these boys are going to feel so bad because there was no reasoning for it. Like they never deserved it. Do you know what I mean? And I think for a change, we had a wee bit of um, luck that saw us through. David Marshall, I thought was absolutely outstanding. I think that save that he makes an extra time is just class. Yeah. Thought players like Scott McTominay was unreal. Um, Declan Gallagher was out of this world simply because people again maybe doubted him, doubted his speed. Was he quick enough to deal with Mitrovic? Would he have been able to deal with, like deal with that physicality? I actually thought it was probably. I find it strange that people would question that about him, though, because the guy is massive. I know, but like, I just think I think people are quick to look at levels and go like where De- Declan Gallagher has come from and where he is now, which is obviously a, a brilliant level, but then you've got a guy that's playing at Fulham yeah. worth like umpteen million, scored 18 in his nine, last 19 appearances, um, and folk were just going, that's going to be an issue. But I actually think that was the kind of game that Declan Gallagher loves. Yeah. But see, to yeah. be honest, he was totally, he was very, very solid completely. And, of course, that's a factor, but like I felt because we dominated the game, yeah, we weren't as exposed as we might have been because I think they no. didn't know what to do. I remember, remember just turning during the game, and I was like, the goalkeeper was going long, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. ah, they're kicking it, which like you, you don't yeah. typically see too much of, especially with mm-hmm. sides who are considered to be ranked higher than the team they're playing. Often those teams try and play a team like Serbia. You'd probably expect them to try and play. And they yeah. just were like, we can't figure this out, so we're just going to kick it off. I was like, fair play to the press. I know. And they just forced them into mistakes and they like, got their heads down when they were kicking it out of the park. And just, I loved it. I honestly loved it. I just thought these, I mean, I don't even know if it was that much of a game plan as such. Like, I don't know if it, it was more just the buzz was real. Like the the boy, like they could see it, like they could see what they were aiming towards. They knew what the prize was at the end of the night, and I think they just had that wee bit extra, like energy and quality, like yeah. heart as well. I think resilience, even like conceding at eighty like eighty nine minutes to then go another thirty without conceding. Do you know what I mean? It would have just yeah. been. People would have just went off. We knew it was going to happen. We expected it. <laughs> just slaughtered them. I know. I know, and I'm glad. I really hope this does... Obviously, this week, the narrative's been positive. But I hope it stays that way. Obviously, we did get beat today. But I just think, like, we're so, we're so quick. And I think it's like a Scottish culture thing. It's like to protect ourselves or protect our own frustration. But we don't realise how how necessarily that impacts has a bigger impact overall when it just feels like there's just so much negative energy towards the team you know it's I hope we can sustain the positivity and the hopefulness because even that alone goes goes so far and the boys will feel it you know and you can talk you can talk all you want about how 
oh, well, you shouldn't be influenced by social media, you shouldn't blah, blah, blah. But like, of course, what you, you see, even if it's just a handful of, or a small percentage of what is out there, of course, yeah. it has, of course you still hear it mm. and it doesn't feel good. I know. What was your favourite moment of the night? Oof. Tricky. I mean, Marshall's save was important. I think, firstly, I just love watching John McGinn because he scurries around the middle of the park and I, he just has the most unorthodox running style I think I've ever seen. And he always just looks like he's going so fast because yeah. he, because of the way he moves. Anyway, I do enjoy just watching him at times when the ball can be anywhere. Um, <laughs> the goal for me, though, was... I it was special for a number of reasons. One, it was an exceptional finish. And, like, mm -hmm. he absolutely meant that. Yeah. You know, he's got the ball, was back to goal, had to work a little bit to get it under control, out of his feet to get half-turned. And he's not... He's known where he is at the same time to just know... Put enough pace on it, but guide it into that bottom corner. Yeah. And then I think when you see him celebrate and he goes and he slides on his back, you can just see that moment of joy that you only the feeling of scoring a goal is a one-off feeling that's really really hard to replicate mm -hmm. but then if you imagine scoring that goal in that yeah. moment yeah what an incredible buzz and you could just feel it from him and the rest of the team the way they celebrated do you know and why that, i think do you know why i think it felt better in that moment even the goal do you remember the chance that andy robertson missed just five yeah, minutes just before oh and all I could think was that like, it was going to be one of those games where you were only going to get two, three or four chances at best. Yeah. And I thought that, again, it's that chance, it's that moment where, because I'm part of discussions like, well, analyse games on a weekend and it's the aftermath of it and you look back constantly. So I probably do that a bit more in the game now where I'm thinking, like, for example, if I was on sports scene, if I was on sports scene that night, what would I be speaking about? Yeah. Or if I was, you know what I mean? So I was like, this is a moment where, again, you're just like, I can't believe it's happened to him. Like, I, because you're just, you know, the weight that he carries, like, to get to the tournament. And I think the team felt that in that moment as well, where they probably knew, like, what a chance that was. Mm -hmm. So Stephen Christie popped up with that, which, by the way, Christie gets pelters week in, week out at times, criticising him because he'll shoot for 30 yards. He'll, he takes shots on all the time, selfish, criticised, you know, when he's yeah. played for Scotland in the past, does too much, too eager to try and make... The boy makes things happen. Like, the, yeah. like that's who you want on the park. Like, at some point, it's going to come off. As you say, he totally meant it. He knew the position that he was in. He knew exactly where the goal was. Like, lovely combination. It gets turned. And I think for the team, you just felt like we get another chance there. Like, yeah. what a time. Like, what a time to get it. I was just like... Or I could have cried for them in, like, in that moment, honestly. I was just so happy. Did you see his interview after the game? Ryan Christie? Yeah. Unreal. Like, <laughs> like, do you know what? I, I never expected anything less, though. Because that's, like, that is us. Like, that is what it is to be Scottish. Like, yeah. there's just different more. Like, you were saying, like, take, like in the build-up to it in the last couple of games, like, there was times where even when I was doing radio on Wednesday night, I was like, 
I can't speak about certain things because I'm genuinely going to get too emotional. I was so proud of him actually for showing his emotions and like they could have said to him, listen, can you come and do the interview? And he could have said, you know, give me five minutes to get myself together and like I calm down or whatever. But he just faced it. He was happy to show like what it meant to him. And I know, I think it was because I think as players, I mean, I'm not saying we know what that specifically feels like. I do think it was important he showed that from a sense of we can maybe expect that and we can expect them to feel that and kind of have some awareness and understanding of what it's like to get to your first tournament. And But I think a, lo- a lot of people outside that are critical as well of the fact that they think there has been moments where people have questioned if they are bothered. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I think... The, that just it doesn't even need words it's just like there it is like there it is I know and I think like in the past what they've probably had to do at times when like let's not beat around the bush like who in life wants to be associated with something that never brings success or is constantly criticized or do you know what I mean like if you worked in any other line of work and you face that amount of criticism and scrutiny and that amount of like question marks over your commitment then, of course, at times they've probably had to rein it back in and not speak about the national team or no, you know, put posts on social media even to say, you know, sorry, crap performance, we go again because, like, those sorts of words don't really matter to people. What people want is the team to be at a tournament, so it's difficult. But I think, like, these are boys like Ryan Christie, Callum McGregor, in particular, like, players that have been at Celtic over the last number of years, the boys are playing, like, 15, 60 games a season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, like, they want to be successful. These are players that Kieran Tierney is well in there. I thought Ryan Jack was unreal. Just doing the dogged side of the game, doing the bits that nobody really wants to do, um, enabling the, the players to go and play. Um, and I think, like, they are, they are, a lot of those players are players that are expected to succeed. So to constantly not come up with the goods as an international player, that's tough to deal with. Yeah. No, you're right. And to carry that responsibility and to constantly know like that they're going to be scrutinised and criticised and hung out to dry basically. And that's what I've not liked. I've totally jumped on uh, like the optimistic bandwagon this whole year. Um since Steve Clark came in especially like I always back the team. But there was just I thought this is an opportunity for them and it's class. Classic. I know Classic. it's incredible. It's it's so it's so exciting to just look forward to the tournament. Like yeah. for all the tournaments that you can remember, you've just you've just not had it. You can't really, yeah. you know. I think we were both pretty young the last time, so yeah. I can remember watching games very very vaguely. Yeah. And now it's just like oh, I'm just can't wait. Mm-hmm. And I will I say, and this is just it, it's irrelevant, but it's relevant. I loved how passionate so many of the women's team were about the game. And I think, you know, all of us were on social media talking about it, posting pictures of us back in the day wearing our Scotland shirts and out playing in the park. And just, for me, I was just proud of the, of the fact that as a women's team, we collectively are all in and want Scotland to do well at all age groups. It's not scripted. We don't, preemptively say make sure you 
A couple of people asked me, did the no. SFB ask you to put up a tweet and stuff? And I was just like, no. Nah. <laughs> I know, but I, I, can, I can see it almost must look like that because all yeah. of us do it. Yeah. But we all, we all just so yeah. want them to do well because no. it's us. But, like, it's us. But we're fans as well, though. Yeah. Like, that's, like, take the fact that we're also international players. Like, but... I'm a fan, like, and that's why for me the frustration comes where when the women's team don't get the same respect that they deserve. Like a lot of like media outlets this week, I think were a bit naff probably in their coverage of it in the sense that they were so ignorant to, towards like the la- they were so ignorant with the language that they used that it actually became offensive to the women's team. That equal representation, but also that acknowledgement that you know, this is the men's team that have now got to their first finals in 22 years. The same way it was the first time the women's team got to a Euros in 2017. And it was the first time the women's team, you know, I think we're always quick to differentiate between the women and the men. Yeah. Uh, it's about us. Um, but I don't really see that same behaviour towards the men. Um, and that, I think, is where that needs to get better because... I hope the guys recognise that as well. Like for us, you know, we we want to get better. Like them to be successful. I want the nation to be successful. I want Scotland fans to have that experience. Like we girls, we boys, doesn't matter who it is. Like old grannies, aunties, uncles, mums, everybody. How good is it to be a Scotland fan? I know. I agree, and I kind of feel it's frustrating because I almost feel like sometimes the slant comes on us as well when it's always like you feel like there's people out there being like the men's team it's the first time the men's team have you know and it's like it's almost ruining the moment because it's not about it shouldn't be about that but you just wish if the media had just used they just have to add in one word they just have to say the men's a squad of of men's scotland squad qualified and then when it becomes a discussion, I almost feel like people get annoyed that that's even a discussion or that's even a comment. But it's, it doesn't need to, like, we wouldn't, or people who support us wouldn't have to make that comment if they got it right in the first place. And at the end of the day, us as a, a squad and as a group of people, we yeah. do just want Scotland to be successful. At as many age groups as can be, and then at both women's and men's senior team. I know, we've not even touched on the 21s, do you know what I mean? They've, I know. Like, oh, what, a team, yeah. what a team they've got as well. And then, as you say, like youth level as well, like girls, uh, boys, you just want to breed that success because I think we go on about it in like women's sport a lot and it's that you, you can't be what you can't see. And I think like, we've, we've not had that for so long, like with the men's national team. And we experienced it with the women's team over like in France as well at the Euros and I've spoken about it before but you feel that wee bit jealous that you're actually there as a player as well because you see the fans and you see the buzz like we could see what it meant to the tartan like the tartan army that followed us and just the vibes and this like the songs and the energy like you can feel it in the stadium so you're a wee bit jealous because you're like how good would it be like to not be at a tournament 
and then you're like, oh, I'm here and I'm like playing in it, so like rein it in. Um, <laughs> but just now, like for us to have this to look forward to, like I've never been able to look forward to a tournament from this side of the fence since uh-huh. I was what ten years old. Incredible. I really hope. I really hope we can get tickets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we must know some people that can get us to at least one of the games. So. <laughs> I'm not looking for a freebie. Happy to pay. Know, more than happy to pay. <laughs> Anyone um, listening, if you've got a free, if you've got a spare ticket. I know. Although after our track record, probably nobody would give us tickets after the. <laughs> yeah, we'll give walk. you a ticket, but if you can leave before the end of the game. <laughs> Will you stay to ninety minutes? <laughs> nah, but what do you think? Like the chances with the tournament and stuff, like. It's a tough, it's a tough group. It's a very yeah. tough group. Um, and it's, it's all not impossible, though. It's not yeah. impossible. I know. I think, I think in, well, yeah, one, I, I do believe I'm a very good team. And obviously, I think, again, Czech Republic, we know we can beat them, but it's always different in a tournament. So yeah. you need to remember that. But it adds an edge to both sides, you know. Yeah, Czech Republic have been at major tournaments, but you know, they're a side that I think, yeah, we can certainly win. That's the first game as well, which I, you could probably give an argument that that's a, a good thing, but could be a negative. Um, the England game kind of takes care of itself. I know we've experienced that, and we've, we definitely learn a harsh lesson the first time around, and you wouldn't wish that on anybody. So let's hope the boys do <laughs> do better than that. But um, I think in saying that... A lot. The fact that a lot of those players play in England too, and will know a lot of those players, I think that almost helps massively in our in our favour, especially with us being underdog, and especially with the game being at Wembley. Yeah. Um, Croatia is a tricky one, though. I think just with that will be hard. I think I think yeah. we need to get points the first two games to have a chance to go through, and mm-hmm. that you know, I just. I'd love for them to get a win because I think just that feeling of getting a win at a major tournament is a massive step. Massive step. No, I know. It's what it is because you don't like getting there and being there isn't enough no. when you're up here. Do you no. know? So get that balance right between what your expectations were and what your expectations will be. I think it was a fine balance to strike. Um, but it's just the fact we're sitting, like, speaking about, like, what the games will be like. And can you imagine if people can travel, though, like, and people can actually, like, fans can be in stadiums and pubs are possibly, like, back open and families can be together. And yeah, it could oh, genuinely could just be the icing on the cake. It could, if we get to a point through this pandemic where, like, come June 14th that, like, everything just falls into place, then... 2021 is going to have absolutely kicked 2020's ass. Yeah. I know. Incredible. Who would be your three players who you don't want to get on the, the plane without? The plane. The plane. The plane to Hamden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It's a tough question. I think... See, for me, Lee Griffiths has got to be one. Okay. For me personally, I genuinely believe like he's Scotland's best striker. I know like Lyndon Dykes has been unreal. 
but I just think Lyndon Dykes is, is still improving and he's he, you know what you'll get from him he does the dogged work he wins the headers he wins the flick-ons he backtracks Lee Griffiths does that as well but he comes up with moments in games I think that at a tournament especially you will need that so yeah. he's one for me I mean, Andy Robertson, I reckon, like, simply because, like, people are quick to criticise his performances at national, like, with the national team. Yeah. But he never hits the heights as he does for Liverpool. He doesn't do that same job. He doesn't get to the byline and put crosses in. He's asked to do a different job with the national team. He's not playing with Van Dijk behind him and Mo Salah in front of him at times, or... Sadio Mane, those are different players that do different jobs in comparison to what the boys do at the national team. They're all very good players and they've got an identity and they play a different way. Um, I think he's a brilliant leader. I think he deals with the media. I think he deals with the team. And yeah. he carries pressure really, really well. So no, I, I think agree. And see, see, to be fair, see whenever you hear a lot of the other boys speaking, they mention him so often. And I think that, that tells a story. So I'd agree. I mean, I, I do believe he's a very good player. He does get a lot of criticism. But as much as what he brings on the pitch, I think, yeah, you need him for probably just everything yeah. else that he does that 99% of the people don't get to see. No, that's it. He'll make, he makes the people around him better. Yeah. And that's, like, that speaks more than one good individual performance. Like, if you could have a stinker, but if you can make another five or six players play well, then that's much need more you. beneficial to the team. Yeah. And then I think off the back of this week, David Marshall. It's got to, <laughs> it's got to be on the, okay. the plane to Hamden. Who's your three? I like that. Um, well, I'll go different from you, just because you've said who you've said. Um, I'm going to say Lyndon Dykes because I do think he for someone he's been, who's he's been great he's been great he's been a revelation for the team he plays the nine so well especially when he's isolated at times and holding the ball up but not just that for someone who's able to hold the ball up he's very good at running into the channels and running the ball down and pressing and I think for Scotland we need that you need someone who can take it under pressure, hold people off and bring people into the game. And you need someone who's willing to do the hard running, run into spaces for other people, chase down defenders, make it difficult for people, be relentless. And I think, you know, he's shown he can do that. So I, I need him. Um, I love what John McGinn brings, and I mentioned him earlier, but I think, I, don't, I didn't actually think he had one of his better performances on Thursday night in possession. Yeah, but again, he does so much work in that midfield and supports the attack. And then, when he is feeling it, he has some exceptional quality to assist and score. And for me, I think that's so valuable. Yeah. Um, no, I'd agree with that. He's just unreal, John McGinn. Like when even, I think what's it, like the nice bit about these guys as well is the journey that they've had. Like John McGinn, like St Mirren, Hibs. Villa, like the what you could call for me, like doing it the right way. Like they've started started at the bottom, and they've worked their way up, and they've grafted along the way. Andy Robertson's another prime example of that. Lyndon Dykes, three seasons ago playing at Queen of the South, 
Livingston and he's just had his move. Like, I think it just speaks volumes of them. Like, just what it means to them and how much they're like willing to improve and willing to get better and work in their game and class. Who's your third? Third, I'm going to pick one that's out there just for a bit of a different conversation, but I'm going to say Liam Cooper. Okay. Um, just because I think it's all, it's almost hard for him at, because we have Tierney and Robertson in the way that mm-hmm. Steve Clark's been playing. And, you know, I agree. Those two players are two of our best players. Um, I just like him. I think he's very, very good defensively. He's playing, playing in the Premier League this year. He's only going to, I think, improve and build in confidence, playing against top players every week. And I think you need depth when you go to these tournaments. And... Mm-hmm. To know that you have somebody reliable to come in and support the back line, whether he plays centrally or left or right of the three, I think we have. I think that depth will be really valuable. Um, yeah. And so that's I'm going with going with that. But I'd agree with that, and I think see, even when you look through the team, for me, like the amount of like the amount of experience, but the amount of leaders that you've got within that team as well. Yeah. Like when you go through, like. David Marshall and the level of experience he's had in the career that he's had. Then in the back line, you've got Declan Gallagher that captains his club. Liam Cooper captains his club. Kieran Tierney could easily captain Arsenal, in my opinion. Like, he was always tipped to be the next Celtic captain, you know, to replace Scott Brown. Andy Robertson, like, is your captain and could easily captain Liverpool because he's the same mould as uh, Jordan Henderson or a Steven Gerrard, it's that same leadership and that same persona that they carry. And then in the midfield, you've got guys like Ryan Jack that's previously captained Aberdeen. Do you know, like right through, like the list could go on. The list is endless because what you've got is that experience and you've got competition with that as well. You're right, Liam Cooper's unlucky because of the position that he plays and the formation that we've played. Um, yeah. But you need that because you need somebody as good as the next player. To step in and do that job if there is an another another one I think Stuart Armstrong you know I think yep. he's in great form just now with Southampton and it's it's great that we also have that you know there's so much depth um, I know it, yeah it's a it's a buzz the tough job the tough job for Steve Clark is going to be who do you actually take I know I know because that's never nice like and it's, it's probably left out yeah yeah it'll be exciting for people to be able to speculate about that or probably to see the performances and the players go up another level at club like between now and the tournament like it's only what seven months away yeah um which is scary but just the amount of players that are fighting for positions like because there's probably quite a few fringe players that don't get that much like playing time as well but could quite easily come in and do a job yeah like Stuart Armstrong never even got on the picture against no, no, and could quite easily have started. Yeah, I know. I was quite surprised he wasn't one of the subs, especially when we changed the midfield. But yeah. we got over the line, so we don't need to dwell on that. Right. What about the fact that they're actually playing a triple header? Like, I can't. <laughs> get my, I cannot get my head around these camps that they've got. Like, it's off the scale. Yeah. Like for us, a double header is like intense, and you're thinking like you're going to need bodies for the two games and I think they do take away I think there's like is there 27 of them 
27 yeah. minutes away. Yeah. And, but even just, I, you know, I think just even the fact they had to get on the plane on Friday, and it wasn't even they had to get on the plane to come home, they had to get on a plane and go to Slovakia mm-hmm. to turn up for the game that's only been essentially, it's allowed them a day of travel and then a day of training and then boom, middle of the afternoon kickoff, there you are. And even I think, you know, I think he had, I think it was McGinn, Christie and Tierney all starting again, so. No, it's hard going. It is, and off the back of the schedules that a lot of those players have had at club, most of them, actually, not even some of them, like, most of the guys are playing, like, cup games in between as well as league games and stuff just now. Um, Intense. It's crazy. But what do you think for, is it Wednesday, Israel? Yeah. Yeah, thoughts on that one? Think they'll turn it back around from today? They have, to, they have to find, for me, they have to find a way to win, and I think they will, but there's going to be, there'll be some heavy legs. I think probably there's, we'll have enough, we certainly have enough quality. I think the starting 11 will look more similar to the 11 that played on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm guessing you'd go for Griffiths up front. I know for that. Me, I- I know it's a struggle for me because even with Lee Griffiths, the now I, I I don't I probably don't get why he's he's not closer to being back in the Celtic team just because of the the minutes that I've seen him play he looks like Lee Griffiths he, he looks a threat he comes on and he scores um, he comes on and he creates and I think if you're looking to get him back up to fitness and up to speed then he probably does need thrown in at the deep end a wee bit and, and get him those minutes and see how the, the team ticks um, with him there. But that's, for me, I think Lyndon Dykes has, has been outstanding. So if you're him and you're sticking to that same formation, you'd, you'd be disappointed not yeah. to go straight back in. I mean, he was suspended uh, for the game today, so you would naturally expect him to, to probably take his place, and rightly so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the boys, a few of them I think will be tired. It's a big ask. The three games, I think they've travel again for this yeah. one. So no, I think that's been the hardest thing is that yeah. you know it's been three away games. That's you know the toll it takes in your body. It's hard to measure. You know, some people are less affected and others are more affected. And you know, you don't, you never want to use that as an excuse, but it does have an there's. It does have a it does have an influence on you, you know. It, it does have an impact. You need to make sure you hydrate, hydrate more and flush the as best you can. But there's only so much you can do in such a short window of time, so it's it's yeah. very very challenging. That's the thing, and a lot of people I think would laugh and go, "Oh, can but they're professional players and they should be able to travel and they're jumping <laughs> on a chartered flight." And it's the same things, but you're going on over. It's still a, a different bed. It's a different hotel. It's different food. You've played a game. You would normally recover properly after a game. You've travelled the next day. Um, it just becomes a bit of a slog, you know. Yeah. But in say fans, I mean, Graham Jones and, and the team are, are obviously doing their best. Yeah. And yeah. Doctor John, it was even nice to see people like that on the pitch um, on Thursday. Like those are the guys like that, like John, Doctor John McLean. Just what he's been through, the amount of managers that he's been part of the backroom team, and like yeah. just so many lows, so many. Like early and oh, he's just 
he's a good guy. He's one of the good guys. And Davy the kit man, he was straight on the pitch. <laughs> Davy Gibson. No, if he hadn't got himself a shirt printed. <laughs> and, the shorts and, and the shorts and the socks on and everything. <laughs> um, no, it's quite, aye, it's, I know. I think there'll be changes, but hopefully back to winning ways. Carry the can. I think the under-21s play. They play Tuesday, I think. Yeah, possibly Monday their game. So another big one yeah. as well with them. And hopefully they can set set up a few good wins for the women's team next well next couple of weeks. Yeah, make it another good month. Bish, bash, bosh. See the back of 2020 with Lovely. plenty of wins this board. I'll, go, I'll take that, I think. I know. We need that, don't we? <laughs> well, we do, yeah. Well... <laughs> Quite literally, we need to win. <laughs> but for the country, it would be a lovely boost. Yes, yes, I know. Because then you're just looking at tournament, 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 like every year. Do you know what yep. I mean? That's what you want. You just want like the women and men to be there like every year. Yeah, and then you then it moves moves the goalposts, doesn't it? Then it. Mm-hmm. The pressure becomes you have to get there because this is yep. who we are now. I know. Oh, love it. Love getting carried away. I saw one yeah. of my favourite tweets was after it, someone had written, somebody had posted to say, It's mad how we're going to win the Euros. Thought <laughs> 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 oh, that was class. Because just, why not? Let's just get as carried away as can possibly be. I know. It's so true. And I reckon the David Marshall penalty save has probably got to be one of the best behind the goals moments ever. If yeah. he could have been behind the goal, like it would have been saved that penalty, it would have been absolutely off the scale madness. Absolutely. I know. Right, I'm going to go and work on my playlist for the Euros. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yes, sir, I can boogie. <laughs> uh, just all the ones that the boys were doing I thought right get that on the Spotify playlist add that add that need to get yep, practice a few people had that thought <laughs> I know right thanks to everybody um, who's tuned back in we are delighted to be back for episode 23 with us it is yes wow and listen we've got absolutely cracking episodes lined up so stay tuned keep an eye on the socials We'll be sure to keep you updated. Take it easy, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon. Have a great week. See ya.